sunny spot in your yard. Um, you're also going to want a spot where you get some crosswind. That that breeze, that constant breeze blowing through your cannabis plants, is really going to help strengthen it because of that slight back and back and forth motion. And that breeze is also going to help keep just to make sure that you don't get any excess moisture, say from the morning dew settling on the plants and maybe creating some kind of fungal infection, maybe some gray mold or something. Welcome to the Miracle Plant Podcast, the show that inspires, promotes, and gives you a daily dose of inspiration from the people who have used cannabis to change their lives in extraordinary ways. Here's your host, Justin Benton. Welcome to the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this misunderstood plant with so many names. Today, we have an incredible guest, a guy that actually taught me everything I needed to know about the podcasting experience. Today on our show, we have the creator, the master grower himself of the podcast in my grow show, Alex Robles. How are you, my brother? I'm so happy to have you on my podcast. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate the invite, man. And good for you for getting your show together, man. That's awesome, dude. That is, uh, yeah, that's so incredible. Dude. Good on you, man. Thank you again for just having me on here, man. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I think I was on your show like seven times, and we had a lot of great conversations. And you you really showed me the ropes on podcasting, and you were very generous to have us on as much as you did. And the reason why we started the Miracle Plant podcast was because we weren't able – we were hearing all of these incredible stories of people who were using our products and people who were using cannabis that changed their lives in extraordinary ways – but the stories weren't getting out there. There was obviously some FDA things and health claims and Facebook taking down ads and all these kinds of stuff. And finally, one day, it just dawned on me, why don't we have a podcast where we just invite people on to tell their story? And so that's what we did. And it's been amazing. We've, we've been doing it now for about four months. And just very happy to be a supporter of your show in my grow show but as well as having you on the miracle plant podcast to tell your story of how cannabis has helped your life has helped your family uh, and has helped loved ones and friends with whatever health challenges or just mental attitude or any of that good stuff so do you have a good story of how you got to maybe just what's your story of how you got introduced to cannabis and how it's been a, a positive for your life I've been uh, using cannabis since you know, my early 20s. The reason I started the website in mygrow.com is because about eight years ago, my father-in-law got diagnosed with cancer. And he, he had always used cannabis also to celebrate. So that's just how he did. wasn't really a big drinker, but he smoked cannabis. And when he got diagnosed, he decided to try and grow his own cannabis. And he bought this real fancy grow cabinet and just hydroponic all the bells and whistles but it was a little too much for him to really you know take in and understand and really get the best use out of it so he asked me if i'd if i'd want it if i'd use it to grow and i and i made him a deal i told him that i would completely take it and, and learn how to grow and then as soon as i know how to do it well in that cabinet that i'd show him how to do it take the mystery out of it that way he can grow his own medicine sadly 
he he ended up passing away from the cancer before I could really help him and teach him how to grow his own cannabis. And so, you know, a little while afterwards, a couple months after he had passed, I, I was sitting wondering how do I how do I keep this promise to him about teaching? So I decided the easiest way was to, you know, put a website out of everything that I learned in the simplest way that I know how to explain it to anyone. And that was how I started just wanting to help people understand that it's not a, there's not a big mystery in growing cannabis. It's very easy. If you can grow a tomato plant, you can grow cannabis. And But everywhere you would look on the internet or anywhere else, it was... It just seemed like it was very overcomplicated. And yeah, that's how I started the website as far as wanting to educate people on cannabis. And then from there, it just took me to understanding because, yeah, it just took me to understanding how cannabis helps us in different ways. We're all different and there are many different varieties of cannabis and they affect us all in a lot of different ways just because of the different kinds or different amounts of cannabinoids in them. Yeah, it just put me on this whole learning experience about cannabis. I just wanted to share that. Really. What an incredible story. I'd never had heard that before, so I think that's very powerful. And it's incredible to me how many of us are drawn to this plant from some severe health issue, whether it's our own health issue or a loved one or a family or a friend. And it's it really is, like we said, it's, it is the miracle plant. And what a beautiful tribute to learn, grow, and teach, like you always say. And it's you're the best cannabis grower that I've come across in the outdoor realm. And I know you dedicate so many of your episodes to really digging deep and teaching people how to grow outdoor cannabis. And I know we've collaborated on a few projects. And one of our passions at The Miracle Plant is to teach people how to grow and give them seeds and shoot some videos. And I know you've shot some great videos too, which I'm sure we'll uh, get some links for the show notes so people can watch you teach them how to grow. You are a master grower with years of experience, and you do things that that I've not really seen anywhere else, especially with growing with little predator bugs like ladybugs. So I'd love for you to to share with our audience what what are some of the tips and the tricks to growing uh, hemp, cannabis, whatever you want to call it, in your backyard. Wow, man, that's where to start. The best thing is you, you start with a good soil. You start with a nice, a nice seed stock. Wow, yeah, like I said, where to begin? The floor is yours, brother. Man. If, um, if we can take as much time as you need. I know there's a lot of people out there that are very interested in growing hemp slash cannabis in their backyard. Yeah, the first thing you got to really think about is where you want to put your cannabis garden in your backyard. Whether whether it's cannabis or hemp, it's really going to be hard for anyone just passing by to tell the difference of what you're growing. They're, they're really, unless you're using either plant, you're really not going to know what it is by looking at it. Yeah, the best place I would say when you start looking for where you want to grow your hemp is... You want to place a, it, uh, the hemp plant's going to need a lot of sunlight. You're going to want a nice sunny spot in your yard. Um, you're also going to want a spot where you get some crosswind. That that breeze, that constant breeze blowing through your cannabis plant's really going to help strengthen it because of that slight back and back and forth motion. And that breeze is also going to help keep just to make sure that you don't get any excess moisture, say, from the morning dew settling on the plants and maybe creating some kind of fungal infection, maybe some gray mold or something. So 
you're going to want to keep those things in mind when you're growing um, your hemp plants outside in your yard. You're also, I'd suggest expanding your garden, not just for hemp, but for a lot of different herbs, because some of those herbs, let's say a good basil plant, like a good basil plant is going to really attract some predators. It's going to attract some green lacewings, which are really going to help with any kind of pest pressures that you may get, because it's a very broad predator. And plus, come on, who can't use basil in their food? It's great. Oh, who, I love basil. So yeah, and and when you start growing hemp or cannabis in your yard, please realize that in the last couple of weeks when you're ready to harvest your plant, it is going to give off a nice, beautiful odor in my opinion. I'm not sure if everybody around you is going to appreciate the odor the same way, but just be aware that yes, it is going to smell. And I really do think cannabis is a gateway plant to gardening, if that makes any sense. Because uh, like I said, you're going to want to plant other herbs and spices around with that cannabis just to keep a healthy just a healthy habitat for everything absolutely uh, and i know that the first thing you got to do is you got to get some good seeds and anybody who wants seeds over here at the miracle plan or 101hemp.org just put it in your notes section when you're filling out an order and we'll get you some seeds to get started and uh, look i just got off of a, a room on clubhouse and it was there was some master growers in there too more on the cannabis side and it was funny that they've been grown for 25 years, and it, they, it was just from their mouth that the, they were saying that if you want to become a great cannabis grower, you got to kill a lot of cannabis plants. You got to you got to mess up a lot, and and it's true. Every grow that I've been a part of, and I'm sure you could agree, has its own unique set of challenges. Some ones, some grows are easier than others. Some grows are tougher than others, and it's a process, just like anything in life. And so. After about your 10th grow, I feel that usually you've gotten a pretty good handle on what's going on. But there can always be a curveball. And any advice that you've learned over the years that kind of things to watch out for or common mistakes that, that you've seen others make? Yeah, after you grow a couple of seasons of cannabis, you figure out what... And I'd like to encourage everyone to grow, if they have the room or the time, to grow cannabis differently. You can grow it in soil. You can grow it hydroponically. You can grow it in other kind of um, soilless media like cocoa core. And the reason for that is because you figure out what type of grower you are and what works best for you. Me, I don't grow hydroponically. It's It takes way too much attention for me. I don't have that kind of time to dedicate to all the things going on hydro, that a hydroponic system needs. Do you know what I mean? It's a very active system, hydroponics. It's a lot of mm -hmm. mechanical stuff going on. I don't have that kind of time. And yeah, it's just it's just not the way I enjoy growing. The same thing the same thing also goes with why I don't grow in a lot of let's say soilless or let's say like a cocoa core or any other kind of media like that. Again, it's really involved. I I'm just not that type of grower. I enjoy growing in soil. I enjoy this very, what's called a, a biological system. I don't use a lot of um, bottled nutrients. I, I amend my soil as my plant moves through phases of its life. I amend the soil with different nutrients that are going to give it what it needs for those phases. Cannabis plant and vegetative growth needs more nitrogen. Whereas in once it moves into a flowering stage, you dial back the nitrogen and push up the, the potassium and the phosphorus. And you all, just to help 
all those oils just finish off. Just those type of things. That's why I say I encourage everyone, if they can, to just grow as differently as you can and you figure out which way works best for you and also the way it tastes also. It's all going to be different. You've definitely had all types of varieties of cannabis from high CBD to high THC. What are some of the things that cannabis has done for you, whether it be for health or uh, whether it be for mental health or physical health or relaxation or sleep or what are what are some of the things that the cannabis plant has brought into your life or even you and your family's life? I've seen cannabis and help. I've seen cannabis and hemp help my family in a lot of different ways. For me, the cannabis plant really that's um, how I celebrate personally. I don't. I'm not a heavy drink. I'm not a big drinker, and that's how I celebrate. I, I enjoy it that way. On the other side, though, like my parents, I send them hemp oil and 101 CBD um, oil constantly because it's so it, it helps them also. They have they're already in their 70s. They've got inflammation issues with arthritis. Also, with this whole thing about COVID, I've read about how just the ACE receptors in COVID works and then how CBD just covers those ACE receptors better so it crowds out the COVID. That just makes me feel better that my parents are taking it. I give CBD to my dog just because he's got all, well, not all kinds of issues, but he's got a few issues that CBD helps with. But, and yeah, there's just so many different ways. And uh, let's see. There's just... I know that you, I think you used to use it, as I recall, for it helped you get a better night's sleep as well. The CBD, definitely. The CBD, not yeah. only, and it's not so much that it makes, it gives me a more restful night's sleep. It doesn't knock me out to where I'm totally unaware of what's going on. I don't wake up with any kind of brain fog in the morning. It is just a more relaxing sleep, as I said, a more restful sleep. Because it's not like I'm sleeping longer during the night. I still I still get about seven hours, excuse me, which is pretty good. But Heck yeah. it's just, again, when I don't take it, I can definitely tell the next morning. There's just that little noticeability of I'm just a little more tired than I should be. And my 40s, feel that. You feel that kind of next morning thing. It, it definitely helps with that. And it really does help with inflammation. I can't tell you how much it helps with that inflammation because especially I do construction. I work construction and yeah, right after that end of the day, man, it really does help just re the body release the day. That's the best way I can put it. Is Love it, a, brother. I know you're obviously you have your own podcast and you do a ton of research on what's going on in the cannabis and hemp and CBD space. Got a little update for us as to what's going on out there. What's what's moving the needle for you? Obviously, I know we have a new administration in office and we're all wondering about the MORE Act and deregulation. Yeah. Any insights you care to share? Look, I'm glad I'm glad Biden's in office. That means with every administration, that means we can have a, hopefully a new conversation about hemp, about CBD, about cannabis. I know Biden's talking about and the ruling party's talking about decriminalization. It's a great step in the right direction. I love the idea of taking cannabis out of this um, realm of being a crime, of having something put on your permanent record that's going to keep you from either higher education or, or, or a better job, taking it out of that realm. And while I don't agree that that decriminalization is going to be the complete answer, because in my mind, you're still putting people in a system and it's still a penalty and another thing we don't get with decriminalization that i don't think 
that we that I think we should talk about is we don't get any regulated products. There's no regulated market. And and that's an issue. We should all have clean products, clean whether it's medicine or just how you relax. That's what we're all looking at. And we'll see what happens. Yeah. I don't know now, is the country at large ready for legalization? I don't know, man. There's a lot of middle America we got to sell the idea to. But a lot of that comes from education. Yeah, there's a huge gap in education and misinformation. And so much of it was intentional. And dating back to the 1937 Marijuana Tax Act. And some billionaires and industrialists decided that they were going to they were going to pull the old wool over America's eyes, including the doctors who in 1936 wrote 2.3 million prescriptions for cannabis oil for headaches and other common things. And they didn't even consult with the American Medical Association. But it is back. It, it's interesting to me. I'm obviously more on the hemp side and the CBD side, but it is all one plant. And I definitely keep my uh, ear to the ground on what's going on with the cannabis side because that will affect the hemp side as well. If, if it does go to decriminalization, which I believe it will happen this year, it's going to be on the states to regulate how they want to roll procedures out. And so every state is going to have its own take on things. It does, I don't think that means that all 50 states are immediately going to be opening dispensaries. In fact, in California, we've had legal recreational cannabis for many years. And by last count, we have 753 dispensaries in the entire state of 40 million people which is ridiculous and isn't, shameful. Isn't that a shame? That's just that. Yeah. So, and we actually had a better system before we voted in our initiative. Prop 215 was better. Uh, it was a better system, and it was better access, and there was better social equity. And, and then that's a big problem. Social equity is a big problem. All these legacy growers that were growing for 20, 30 years, serving time, sometimes 20, 30 years, many people are still locked up for a plant that is widely accepted, across the country as should be legalized. And I believe over 35, 40 states now have some form of legal cannabis policy. But all of those guys that, and women that's, that, that, that did the hard time or lost money or were separated from their family, ne they need a seat at the table. There needs to be some restitution. And I know that there's a lot of great advocates that I've uh, been hearing from and collaborating with on Clubhouse. So one of those, a great platform, social media platform, social networking platform, really, where a lot of us in the cannabis and hemp space are, are talking with each other and having real conversations. But you know what? Those real conversations have to turn into real actions. And that's when you work with, I'm with Patrick Goggin, who I know has been on your show a bunch, with California Hemp Council. You need to join organizations that have a seat at the table to write these policies, to make sure that if you're having a cannabis policy, written that there is social equity and that we're not just brushing it over so the big corporations can swoop in and make all the money and because that's just not that's not what it's about and it's not fair and the people that have been locked up for for selling a plant that's now legal in almost 40 states and is about to become legal in the entire country there needs to be some some form of like i said restitution but we, Mike, the crazy thing I think is that I don't necessarily want federal legalization because I don't want someone like the FDA overseeing 
the policy. I think federal decriminalization and a state-by-state -state policy is the best thing we can do for now. What are your thoughts on that? So what I'd like is the federal government to just deschedule. Yeah. And then just let each state the laws that are right for their citizens. I just need, that's all I need from the government is just to deschedule it. That's all. Everybody else, we're smart enough to take care of our own people. For the most part, anyways, we're probably going to do it through ballot measures. But let's because, yeah, like you were saying, a big federal entity to try and, and manage this, it's not going to happen. And, and this was my issue with the Moore Act is the final draft of the Moore Act wasn't the greatest thing. The Moore Act, the final draft, what was voted on, didn't allow people with cannabis convictions to join a federal market. That was something that was snuck in at the very end, right before the vote. So, again, I don't know, like you were saying, if the federal government is really the one to be uh, in charge of all this, I get it. They're going to want their the taxes. But, yeah, it's I just need them to deschedule it. That's all I, I need yeah, to do. You know? I agree. And my greatest concern, and as me, I'm an optimistic guy, is that we would, like, reschedule cannabis to, like, a Schedule 3, and then the big pharma companies could try and oversee the cannabis industry and everything would have to go through FDA regulation before it hit the market. And that means the billionaire club gets their way because mom and pa or legacy cannabis farmer up in the you know Emerald Triangle has no shot to get through an FDA schedule. You know what the lab test is. It's around a billion is what GW Pharma spent to get Epidiolex passed, which was the only good thing was Dr. Ethan Russo was there doing all the research and got to prove everything like the entourage effect and endocannabinoid deficiency syndrome. But at the end of the day, it's a $32,000 product. It's a synthetic CBD with a bunch of fillers. That's only 39% effective because it's an isolate versus a product like one of ours or another company's is basically 40 or 50 bucks a month and way more effective in my opinion, and those that use our products or well, similar whole plant products. So then how would you want, let's say, your product to be to be scheduled or to be handled by the FDA? The model isn't Epidiolex because that's the model of pharmaceuticals is the one singular isolated molecule, the active ingredient, supposedly. Mm -hmm. So then where... How would you like your something like your products to be seen on the market then or recognized by the FDA? Because it is. Yeah. So the FDA is, has nothing to do with us. The FDA regulates pharmaceutical drugs. It's the Food and Drug Administration, and we're not a drug by any means. And the FDA is set up for billion-dollar companies to jump through hoops. So I want us to be regulated agriculturally, just like corn and soybeans, farmers' markets things of that nature. The USDA just came out with some great regulations for the final hemp bill, which allowed the what, the marker for THC to be up to 1%. Yeah, I read that. I read that they so put to big, 1. I was like, hey, let's vote on that. All right, when do we get to they vote did. on that? It's in there. It, it gives a little more leeway to the farmer so he doesn't have to destroy his crop and he can figure out a way to repurpose it. Because the farmers are doing the best they can. And it, come on, if you want to make it hard on the farmers, give me a break. At the end of the day, the end user, the retail person like myself, we carry the burden of putting a product that reaches currently 0.3 THC. But on the next farm bill, it's pretty likely in 2022, 
that we will be able to pass a bill that has the THC marker up to 1%. We might get lucky beforehand, but obviously there's so much going on right now that I don't think it would be likely that we'd be able to push it through before then. But yeah, as far as I'm concerned, the FDA and the big pharma companies, they can play all they want. But we're, we're either a nutraceutical, like American ginseng or other herbs, yeah, or we're a food and beverage. So three different lanes. Well, you know, and that's how... And that's how I feel about cannabis, because there are some in the cannabis industry who want, for whatever reason, are clinging onto that want of having cannabis labeled as like a pharmaceutical. And I'm telling them, I'm like, look, you don't want that. You don't want that on so many levels. One of them being, once it's labeled a pharmaceutical, I can no longer grow it and share it with you freely. It is now put in a whole different category of controlled substance now. And the, plus, the cannabis plant, just like the hemp plant, is an amazing plant that makes so many different compounds that affect us in a lot of different ways. And there's no way something like that is going to get passed through any kind of model that pharmaceuticals are set up for. I just think it's the wrong way to look at it. I see cannabis as medicine, just as I've said, man, just the way garlic is, just the way St. John's work is. It is something that is, helps me along with my day, with whatever, with how I'm taking care of myself. So, yeah, I agree, brother. You know, We're on the same page. <laughs> it's it's just a funny thing. And when I, I don't know, listen to people when they talk like that, I was like, really? That's what you want for? Do you understand what you're tr- what that means? Yes, I want it to be normalized and recognized and put on this at the very least on the same level of recognition as as far as let's say alcohol. Let's regulate it similarly. Now there we can debate the differences all day long. That's not what I'm talking about. But let's talk rationally about it. But anyways, I think I went off on a tangent, and I think I got lost on my point. I tell you what, man, I, I really am happy to have you on the show, and I'm so happy that we became friends when you walked into our retail store in Ojai many years ago. Because of uh, 2020, that year felt more like a dog year, so that felt like seven years. So it feels like we've known each other for 10, but your, your friendship and collaborating with you on projects and grows and has, has been has meant a lot to me, man. So I'm really happy to have you as a friend, as a cohort, happy to have you on the show. And we're fighting a good fight, brother. And let's just keep doing our thing and, and seeing how far we can we can get this plant to be recognized for what it should be. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, I, 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 we, we've spoken about this before, man. I enjoy the fact that I know you so much. You're just, and just 101 CBD, the way you guys truly do give back to the wider community, man. Because people have asked me, hey, why do I push CBD so much on the cannabis show? And I'm like, look, you need to understand what this company does, man. This, they, just the kind of work you guys do with, with kids on the spectrum is, it's just, it's an amazing story for me, man. And I'm glad you guys are out there. You know? We're happy to, keep doing our thing you keep doing your thing we'll keep having people all on our platform to share the stories and we donate tons of products for all types of reasons and our gift when i leave this earth is my legacy is that people are going to be growing you know hemp in their backyard cannabis in their backyard just like tomatoes like you say and it's going to be normalized again and people are going to take their their kale or their celery juice or their orange juice in the morning along with their hemp juice or their hemp supplements. And it's just going to be a part of their body finding homeostasis, just like drinking plenty of water. And that number is, in case you don't remember, is whatever your body weight is, cut that in half and in ounces. You should be drinking that every day. 
and you're eating those leafy green vegetables like cannabis and kale. You're getting that mindful meditation or prayer. You're being intentional with your thoughts. You're exercising at least 20 minutes a day, even if it's just a walk around the block. And uh, you end that day with, uh, like you said, seven hours of sleep or whatever your body needs. And our bodies, just like when we were seven years old and you got a cut and the next day it healed up and it was all gone, our bodies know how to heal. We just need to do our part. And incorporating this plant in your health and diet regimen is definitely, we've seen it work miracles. So thanks again, Alex, for coming on. I really do appreciate it, brother. I'm so happy to have you on here. And don't be surprised if we have you back again. And I look forward to helping others learn how to grow. Alex, on your In My Grow show podcast. And thanks again, brother, for having us on. And all of you out there listening, if you want to be a guest on the Miracle Plant Podcast, you can reach out to us at info at themiracleplant.org. Share your story with us. We'd love to hear from it. And be sure to share this podcast out. Review it. It means the world to us when you review it. The Apple algorithm recognizes it and uh, helps these stories get out there so people who are looking for uh, an answer to their prayers find it. So thanks, everybody, for stopping into the Miracle Plant Podcast. And we'll see you next week. Until then, take care. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your canna confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.